Life Audio. Hey, sis, and welcome to Inside Out with Courtney. It's a podcast that helps thousands of women all around the globe, just like you, grow in Christ, character, calling, career, and community. Join me along with occasional guests as we talk about biblical truths, overcoming issues of life as Christian women, while also being encouraged and equipped for every good work as we await the return of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Courtney Richard, and after a quick commercial break, we'll get ready to start growing from the inside out. But look around you, your family, your faith, they're not in the way, they are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up, it's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Well, again, welcome to the show. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you a step-by-step system for setting up small groups. So if you or someone you know is interested in setting up an in-person small group or a virtual small group, then I want to tell you, you're going to learn a lot today because I'm going to be sharing all kinds of tips and they're going to be very, very practical. Now, you know, I like to break down what words are whenever I'm going to be talking about a specific topic. And so since I'm talking about small groups today, um, I want to read to you an article definition from Lifeway that was actually done by Rick Howerton. And this is what he wrote. He says, a small group is a micro community of three to 12 Jesus followers doing the Christian life deeply together. He said the roles and activities of small groups tend to fall into four quadrants, theological, relational, restorational, and missional. And I would have to agree with him there. Now, personally, I have actually set up some small groups and I've been a part of small groups. And I have to say that small groups are life-giving, you know, they're encouraging. And like I've always said, I love, love, love a good fellowship. I just love being around my fellow Christian brothers and sisters. And so with that being said, you're going to learn a lot today. It's going to be very, very practical. And so without further delay, let's go ahead and dive in. So for starters, I want to tell you that guess what? Starting a small group or enhancing one, whether that's live, in person, or a virtual one, I want to tell you that setting this up, oh my gosh, is going to be so fun. And not only that, but again, it's going to be life-giving because it's a part of the Great Commission. And so we are called to go and make disciples, and we're also called to teach others. So what we know, according to scripture, we want to actually be able to share with other people, and we have life experiences, right? So we want to make sure that we're sharing that as well, because that makes us very relational. And I mentioned that a little bit earlier, that is theological, and it's also relational, and it's missional, right? We are on mission, the Great Commission. 
All right, so let's go ahead and get into this. As I mentioned before, we're going to be talking about how to set up small groups, and it's going to be a step-by-step -step approach. So if you have a pen and pad handy, or if you're driving, just come back to it, but listen in, because I really think this is going to encourage you as you are preparing to set up or enhance your small group. So I want you to determine the study. And so think about that. Determine your study, determine your audience. And then what day do you want to host it? So think about that. Is it going to be a Monday, a Wednesday, a Thursday? I highly encourage you not to do it on a weekend. But if you are going to do it on a weekend, I think a Saturday morning, probably at like 10 o'clock is going to be a good time to start it. Or maybe if you wanted to do it at lunchtime, definitely would stay away from Sunday. Um, but Monday or Wednesday, I think would be some good days. And Thursday, you know, you had to also think about uh, midweek services for people in their church, but also thinking about rehearsals that take place during the week. So just kind of like steer clear of things like that. But sometimes you really just can't get around it. But pick a good day, pray about it. And I know the Lord is going to reveal to you which one's going to be good for you. And then I want you to consider how often do you want to meet? So do you want to meet weekly or do you want to be monthly? And it also can be biweekly if you wanted to do that. So think about that. And then when will it start? Is it going to be in the fall? the winter, the spring, or the summer? What season is it going to fall in? I do want to tell you to just be mindful of the summer because a lot of people go on vacation during that time. And what I love is my church actually shuts everything down during the summer and gives everybody like a rest and then they come back in the fall. And I think that's really, really good. However, everybody's different. So you can do it in the summer if you feel led to do that. Um, there are definitely summer studies, so it's okay. Actually, it's it's 100% okay. Uh, and then how long will it run? Think about that. Is it going to run for six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, or a little bit longer? 12 weeks is a good, good sweet spot. Eight weeks is really good too. Six weeks, of course, works because people are busy, right? People are busy. And so six weeks could work as well. All right, let's move on to tip number two. Let's talk about in-person small groups. And I'm going to talk about virtual ones. And so I'm going to break them up little by little. But let's talk about the in-person small group. What I want you to do is think about the location. So where are you going to host it? Is it going to be your local church, a community center, like booking a room in the community center, a quaint space in your community? You can also look in peerspace.com. That's P-E-E-R-S-P-A-C-E.com. You may have one that actually uh, can help you out in that regard to renting a space for a couple hours. You might want to rent it for like one to two hours or three hours max. Uh, you can also look into a local or nearby coffee shop. I've totally done that before. You can use a clubhouse in your apartment or maybe someone that you know has a clubhouse in their apartment and you can see about that. Also, you can host it in your home. I've totally done that and I absolutely loved it. Uh, so I want you to think about that. I want you to think about where would you host your small group? All right, write that down or think about it when you can write it down when you get back settled or if you're doing in devotional or you're using this to be able to just kind of study it out and see in your research then I want you to write down where is going to be a good spot for you to host it. All right, let's move on to tip number three, which is the location for your virtual small group. So if you're hosting this online, we're going to talk about that. 
So I want you to think about choosing your viewing platform, like where is everyone going to be watching from? So of course there's Zoom, which is very, very popular, but there's also StreamYard, there's Kajabi, there's Restream. You also have your website. You can look into your website hosting platform where you can see about hosting a live event there or a live small group there. If you have an app, you can do it in there as well. Uh, if you have a Facebook group, you can host it there as well. Now, at the time that you're listening to this, whether that is the early part of 2023, I want you to know that the top live streaming platforms right now is YouTube Live, which would be at number one. Number two would be Facebook Live. You can also host it um, on Instagram. You can do an Instagram Live. You can do Ustream and then LinkedIn Live. So I know we look at LinkedIn as a business platform and it is, but it's also ministry as well, okay? So with that being said, if you are looking to host and you're talking to entrepreneurs or business leaders or ministry leaders, this would be a good space to be able to encourage them and help them and strengthen them as leaders to host a LinkedIn Live small group. And so I just want you to know, that you can totally do that. So those are the top ones there. Okay, well, let's go ahead and take a break. We're gonna hear a word from our sponsors for a moment. But when I get back, I'm gonna share a few more steps to setting up a live or virtual small group. Stay tuned. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Okay, well, welcome back. I'm so glad that you are here with me. We're going to go ahead and finish talking about these steps on creating or enhancing your small group. And whether that is virtual or live, we are going to talk about it. So tip number four is going to be to determine how many people that you want for your in-person small group. So think about it. Do you want four to six people there? Do you want eight to 12 people? Maybe 25 women or men or young adults or family, whoever's listening to this, you know who you are, you know who your audience is. So think about that. And then I also want you to think about if you're going to have 100 people in the room, that's not a small group anymore. That is an event. And that can be a monthly event. It can be a monthly meetup that you do in your area, in your community. And so again, that's a big group. So consider that. Consider how many people you want to have. So think about that. All right. And you can also, I want to say this as an extra added tip to that. 
sometimes you don't have to be the one to speak. You can actually bring in a guest speaker and that'll kind of freshen it up a little bit. But think about it. If you do it on a monthly basis, then it's only 12 sessions that you're going to have. And then in this case, what you want to do is pick a topic that you're going to talk about that's going to strengthen that community. Okay, so let's talk about number five, which is all about determining how many people you want for your virtual small group. Do you want six to 10 people, 12 to 20 people? I do wanna let you know that if you're gonna have up to 100 people on a virtual small group, then if you're gonna use a platform like Zoom, then the max I believe is 100 for free, but you only get 40 minutes. And after 40 minutes, it's gonna cut out. And so I highly recommend that you do the paid version. And I believe it's like $15.99 right now. It may be a little bit more. And as the years go on, it probably will continue to increase. But I think right now it's about $15.99 a month. And so if you go ahead and check that out, I think that's good. And I think it's worth it. And they have some added benefits. You can also do the webinar version as well. But I want you to think about how many people you want to have there. Next, I want to talk about number six is to determine the style for your in-person setup. So think about it. Is it going to be a comfy sofa style? Is it going to be round tables, classroom style, rows of chairs, coffee shop style? Maybe it's going to be at your kitchen table or your dining room table, and you're just going to have about six people over or eight people over with a potluck. Think about that. Okay, so number seven is going to be cost. Sometimes people wonder, should you charge? Should you not charge? And so I'm going to give you a couple of ideas of how to actually go about your in-person or even your live or virtual event, okay, your small group. So with that being said, you can do it for free, actually. If you wanted to do it for free, you could, and they can just buy the book. If you're going to have a study in a book, they can just buy that. Um, but you can also charge, and I would say maybe a minimum of $25 to $35, and this is going to include the book and some food, and it'll be light refreshments like coffee or tea or things like that. And then maybe you might want to do a monthly membership where there's a fee that can be $15 to $25 a month, and you can go all the way up to $97 a month. It just depends on your group and what's going to be a good sweet spot for you. So you can actually charge or you don't have to at all. And if you don't charge, you can also just ask them for a donation. It's totally up to you. I do want to let you know that if you are an author, I think it's good to have something like this, especially if you're going to do it on a weekly basis or a monthly basis. You can invite people, and I'm going to talk about marketing next, but you can actually invite them to purchase your book, and that will actually bring in sales. So I just wanted to give you that little quick tip. With that being said, I just kind of mentioned about marketing. So let's talk about it. Well, in-person small groups, what I want to tell you is that you can market in coffee shops. That's right. Create some flyers. Yes, flyers do still work. People still go into public places. And so you can peg your flyer onto these pegboards in coffee shops, in colleges, in community centers, all over anywhere that a public place will allow you to peg your flyer. Go ahead and let people know in your community. If you have a church that will let you go ahead and post it in the church restroom stalls, you know how sometimes you'll go into a bathroom stall in the church and sometimes there's like this promo on the back and they're letting you know about the upcoming events and Bible studies that are happening. If your church will allow you to do that, go ahead, go to the office, ask them, talk to your pastor, pastor's wife, ministry leaders, and ask them if that's okay to do that. I've totally done that before. You can also ask if they can put it in the church newsletter. You can do it on Eventbrite. So check out Eventbrite. You can put your event on there so that people in the area, locals, if they're looking for something like that, then they can go ahead and sign up. 
Don't forget to put it on your website. You can also create a Facebook event. If you have a page, you can create an event. And now you can actually create an event from your profile. So if you're on Facebook and you can go to your profile and try to create an event, and there you have it. You can also, of course, use your social media platforms. I totally utilize my social media platforms whenever I am promoting anything that I am doing because I'm connected to a lot of women. My ministry is women. And so I put things out there to let them know, hey, this is going on. You can also do personal invites. You can inbox message people. You can text message. Or even if you see people in person, again, this is an in-person small group. So if you see people that you know in the community, then you can go ahead and invite them. Okay, so next I want to talk about the virtual event marketing. And what you can do with this is create an email blast. Now you can do this with your email platform that you have, whether that's MailChimp or ConvertKit or whichever platform that you use, maybe you use MailerLite, but whatever it is that you use, you can create an actual email and put out that blast and let them know that you're going to be hosting a virtual small group. And so this is separate from your blog post, it's separate from your newsletter. This is actually just sending this out as an email blast to all of your subscribers. And then you can also blast it on social media. You can promote it on social media. You can create something in Canva or host on my wall. There's all different types of platforms. You can use Biteable. So check those out to create those different promos. You can do a reel, do a short little reel. You can do a TikTok. Uh, right now, those are hot platforms for video. So if you wanted to do something like that, you can also create an ad to let people know that you're hosting a virtual Bible study. You can also create a Facebook event for this as well. And then do not forget to mention it in your online groups. So if you have groups that are on LinkedIn or groups that are on Facebook or Instagram, go ahead and share it on those platforms. And if you're on Twitter, you can go ahead and tweet it. Next, I want to tell you that you can inbox people that you know. Try not to spam in any case. Anytime you are reaching out to people in their inbox messaging, you got to be very careful like how many inbox messages that you send out because you can actually have your account shut down. And so you don't want that to happen. Remember, you're authentically connecting to people that you really want to invite to attend your virtual event and even your live event. So just consider that. Um, you can also promote in your IG feed. You can post it. And I'm talking IG, Instagram, if you don't know about that. Um, but you can also post it in your stories on IG as well as Facebook. And you can mention it at the bottom of your blog or in your actual newsletter. The last thing that I will tell you to do is just to tell everybody to invite others. Like, ask them. Like, that's a call to action, right? You've got to ask them to invite other people. So let that be a part of your call to action, your CTA. All right, I'm almost finished. Hang on with me. We're just about done. Number nine is preparation. You want to prepare for your small group. So whether you're doing it in person or whether you're doing it live, I want you to pray about your small group. I want you to pray for yourself because there's going to be spiritual warfare. You got to know that as you're trying to teach people about the Bible, trying to help them in some way, trying to encourage them, feed them food that is going to nourish their soul. Let me just tell you something. It is going to be a fight. I also want you to take time to study for it, to prepare yourself for it so that you're well-versed in the topic and the knowledge that you're going to be sharing. And that takes time. So whether you're taking maybe a Saturday and you're sitting down and you're opening up that book or that study that you're creating, 
And you're literally sitting down for about four to five hours, just really just getting it inside of you and praying over everything and everyone. And so that you'll be fully ready when the time happens, when you go live, whether that's in person or whether that is a virtual event. You also want to consider the questions that you'll be asking them, questions that are going to make them think about their own personal walk or the topic or the things that are being discussed. So consider that as well. Another thing too, you got to think about if you're going to order books for everyone, give yourself enough time to have the books shipped in, but also you want to make sure that everyone has a link. If you're not going to have the books for them and that they have a link that they can go ahead and order. So whether that is your book or whether it's another book that they're going to be ordering from, go ahead and make sure you give them ample time to get their books. The other thing I want to say about in-person events is allow time to set up for the room, okay? Because you got to set up a room depending on the style that you want to go with. And then if you're going to have giveaways or gifts, you want to go ahead and set those up. If you're going to have a prayer box or maybe some prayer cards, make sure that you have that available so that people can go ahead and put in their prayer request. If you're going to have name tags, think about if you're going to have stickers or lanyards, if you're going to collect them at the end of the night or the end of the morning, think about that. Think about what type of food you're going to have, Is it, what type of refreshments. Is it going to be breakfast? Is it going to be lunch? If you're going to have coffee or tea or water or dessert, is it going to be a potluck? Is it going to be catered food? Is it going to be box lunches or things like that? So consider that as well as the temperature in the room. I know, right? Yes. Is it too hot? Is it too cold? Make sure that you understand and you can kind of like gauge what does it feel like outside? What does it need to feel like inside? How many times have you gone inside of a building and it's freezing cold and it's freezing cold outside? So people want to be warm if it's cold outside. People want to be cooled off, but not freezing cold if it's hot outside and they're coming into the building. So consider that as well. Always consider your guest. Now I want to talk about the virtual preparation. I want you to think about, are you going to do a PowerPoint presentation? Are you just going to teach from your notes? Are you going to have a tablet? Are you just going to have a presentation where you maybe have five slides and you're just like kind of just putting one slide up and you're just talking? Or are you going to have a presentation that has maybe about 35 slides and you're just kind of clicking through? Uh, you also have to determine if you're going to do something like that, or is your face going to be on the screen, or are you going to go off camera? Are you going to be recording or not recording? You want to let everybody know that it is going to be recorded. Keep down introductions. I do want to say that because the introductions can take away, especially if you have 25 people that are attending, introductions can take away from the study and the time. So you got to watch the enemy on that because he would try to creep in any kind of way that he can. Make sure that people have passwords and codes. What I don't like if you're going to do Zoom, I just this is just a personal preference for me or a personal pet peeve a little bit, is letting everyone in. Like people have to, they have to wait for you to let them in. That's really hard once you've gotten into teaching. And so consider that. Just kind of let everybody just have access to get in, those who have signed up for it. That way you don't have to stop the teaching to let people in or, you know, silence them. Make sure that when they do come in, you have where their cameras are off and you can mute them. Like everyone is muted when they come in. Sometimes every now and then you have to ask people politely to uh, silence. There's a little bit of noise. Can you silence your, uh, your mic, please? And then so that way you can go into the study, especially if you're recording. So just kind of let everybody know. I like to welcome everyone when I do any type of uh, virtual event or if it's a Bible study or something like that. I just kind of let them know like what to expect and uh, what are some housekeeping rules, whether that's live or virtual. So just kind of keep that in mind. 
I just wanted to plug that in. And also, even for your virtual, it's good to have a Q&A at the end and even have a prayer time because we're talking about small groups, discipleship, Bible studies, things like that. All right. So in closing, I just want to encourage you and I want to tell you, don't give up because there are going to be things that are going to be tough. There may be some things that are going to happen that are going to throw you off or maybe you might not be on time or uh, there's just all kinds of things that happen or people are going to kind of straggle in or, you know, the numbers may go down. Don't be discouraged. That's another thing I want to tell you is don't be discouraged because I like to say those who are hungry are going to eat. Now, occasionally you're going to have people that are just going to have something that comes up and you understand that. So don't worry about that. The other thing I want to tell you is don't worry about men in their faces. There's a scripture for that. Don't worry about what people look like. Some people may look tired in the room, but don't get caught in that because people are learning different ways. They have different styles of learning. They have different looks, different demeanors. And the person that you think, whether that's live or virtual, that's not really interested is the person that may be hurting or going through something and really, really engaged. But that's just the way that they respond. So don't worry about men in their faces. Keep teaching, keep instructing, keep helping, keep encouraging them. All right. Lastly, I want to tell you, let God use you. Amen. Let him use you mightily. You've been called and you've been created for our generation, for our day, for our time, and for such a time as this. So go forth and do exactly what God has called you to do. It's time. It's time. All right. Jesus Christ is coming back and we have got to get ready. We have got to be on mission. We've got to be about the Father's business. So go and make disciples. All right. Thanks for joining me. Well, I pray that this episode has helped you. Also, if you need prayer or just want to let me know how this episode has served you, you can email me directly at insideoutwithcourtney@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Also, be sure to connect with me on social media, subscribe to the Inside Out with Courtney podcast and blog, and don't forget to tell other women about it. I'd also love it if you could leave a review and also don't forget to grab a freebie of your choice at CourtneyRichard.com. If you're hosting an event, let me know all about it by visiting CourtneyRichard.com slash booking. Now, before I go, I just want to take a quick moment to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with me on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. And let me tell you something, they've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and so much more. All right, and that's it for now. Until next time, remember, Jesus Christ is coming back soon. So let's get ready from the inside out. Scripture and brain science agree. Meditating on God's Word transforms us and reduces stress in our lives. I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week I give you space to hear God's Word, listen to the Spirit, and pray about what's on your heart. And then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.